and salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. We have got a stacked show with you here on this week's episode of Modern Day Gladiators here on the Outlander Media Network. Your humble host, Michael Shibley, with you here. There's a bunch of stuff. We've got a loaded shibbles and bits. We've got, of course, big wrestling news. We've got NCAA March Madness coming. There's just, look, look. Just a stack of stuff in my freshly washed hands as we start this episode of Modern Day Gladiators on the Outlander Media Network because, of course, the main story that we're going to dive right into is talking about COVID-19, which is the disease that's carried with this strand of coronavirus. Of course, everybody's just calling it coronavirus because that's easier to talk about. So that's what we're going to talk about today in the sporting world because, my goodness, if you haven't been paying attention to that, you might have been watching the stock market and its craziness. You've been watching other things going on. We had, of course, more primary elections and all that other stuff. You might not have been paying attention to exactly everything going on in the sporting world because they have started canceling and postponing things all around the world when it comes to sporting events. One of the things they talk about, and again, we're going to establish this as you should know if you've listened to the show a lot. I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV, not a doctor, but I do listen to doctors because again, listening to doctors and other medical professionals is what you want to listen to instead of politicians when it comes to things like this. But what I do know is that the coronavirus doesn't watch the news. It doesn't listen to spin. It doesn't listen to whatever rose-colored glasses you're putting on everything. It's a virus. It can't do that. So it's going to do what it's going to do. And from what you look at some of the other countries and the way they're handling things, you see that social distancing seems to be something that slows the spread of this coronavirus. Now you look around the world, it start in Italy, where of course it's one of the hardest countries hit. They've put essentially the entire country on lockdown right now because of the coronavirus and its spread, and that includes Serie A, which is their top level of soccer in Italy, which again is their NFL, really when you look at what controls their worlds of sports. They have uh, stopped all sports in the country because of the coronavirus outbreak. Um, They say they're going to recommend the ban to the Italian government, and the stoppage would last until at least April 3rd. So it's going to have a couple of weeks to spread it out. We'll happen to see what happens with all of this. They're postponing things. It looks like even in the uh, League One in France, they're not doing handshakes. All of the, seems like, leagues over there in Europe, they're not doing the usual pregame handshake that they do after both teams come out onto the field. Uh, Usually, the teams come out, uh, including the referees, come out with like a bunch of youth teams and they're holding their hands. They're not doing that. The youth players are already out on the field with that, so... They're making these precautions that looks like some of these arenas that we're going to see, of course, as Champions League, uh, you know, elimination play and knockout rounds in the, well, not knockout rounds because they play the two legs, but once you get down into the 16 and the quarterfinals and the semifinals of the Champions League here, it looks like a lot of what's going on is they're just some of them are going to be played in empty arenas. I think you have the the Napoli 
Barcelona game, which I think is coming up today as of this recording. They're playing that in an empty arena. You're going to have some with less than 1,000 people. So you have these things going around the world. Chinese Basketball League has been postponed while China's getting things or trying to get things under control in that country. Of course, they've gone bigger, obviously, when it comes to that. They have locked down the entire country and put everybody on complete quarantine. So we'll see where that goes. But then you look even here in America. Well, first, before I even get to that, there's even wrestling news that's affected by this. You look at New Japan, one of my favorite wrestling organizations. I talk about New Japan here plenty. One of my favorite events that they do, the New Japan Cup, their single elimination tournament to determine a new number one contender coming in for their spring and early summer series of matches and everything, they've canceled all of their March events. So the New Japan Cup has been at least canceled. Maybe they'll put it on later in the year. We'll see. Of course, they had moved the G1 because of the Tokyo Olympics were happening in the summer. We'll see where all that happens and how all that shakes out. So again, big stuff happening internationally. There's still a lot of talk about maybe postponing or different options with the Summer Olympics in Tokyo because Japan has been hard hit by the coronavirus as well. We'll see where this all goes. But then you look here in America. They canceled the uh, the PNP Paribus Open, which is played at Indian Wells there in Southern California. It's one of the, it's not a Grand Slam, but it's a very uh, high purse tournament that they have there. Pretty much all the major uh, tennis pros all play there, both on the men's and women's side. So they cited what's been going on. There's a state of emergency in California. So that has happened. You also have in the major sports leagues also around the country in the team sports, they have all elected right now the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and MLS, all the major sports that are going on right now professionally. They've all closed their locker rooms over the coronavirus concerns. They're just, again, wanting to limit the access that everybody has because you look at this, the incubation period. You know, it's not the flu where symptoms come on pretty quick after you are exposed to the virus. And again, this isn't the flu. It's not a cold. It's not a flu. This is different. It's a coronavirus and it does different things. And yes, in younger people, it's by far not as serious as an old, as the older population. We all understand that. That has been driven to us. And but again, we're still learning how this thing is developing. And it might mutate. We we just don't know. And of course, the lack of testing that we have in this country at this point, yes, certain health officials can get it when they want it, but that's not everybody. And it's been slow to roll this out. You're getting conflicting things. I'm going by, again, what I'm hearing from the CDC and the WHO when it comes to these things, not some third-rate website of getting information or a bunch of internet rumors where you've got people that said, yeah, do a line of cocaine and that'll get rid of the coronavirus. No, that won't. Don't do that. Wash your damn hands. We'll get through this. But they're wanting to limit that access and then you have even conference basketball tournaments have been affected. I think you had the Big West conference basketball tournaments as we get into March Madness, and you had the MAC conference tournament 
You had them, they're going to be played in empty arenas. You had the Ivy League, which, again, just started their basketball tournament. They hadn't had one. They'd already they'd always given it out to the regular season champion. They just now added one a couple of seasons ago, where but they just have the top four teams compete in the postseason tournament, and they canceled it. They're just awarding it to the regular season champions in both the men's and women's uh, basketball. So the Princeton women get the automatic berth into the NCAA tournament, and then the Yale men do, which again makes when you see that's fine, but I think that was too big of a step because again, these teams worked their way to at least get to the postseason. You still have a shot. Yale won the regular season in the men's thing, but Harvard had beaten them in the regular season. Harvard was the number two seed. This tournament was going to be played at Harvard University. They had a shot to steal that bid away from Yale and that competition. So I don't know about completely canceling it, but maybe playing it in an empty arena would have been sufficient. But again, I'm going by what the recommendations are by doctors and medical professionals that are in charge. But then again, it's varying state to state. You have in Ohio, they don't want anybody in an arena with more than a thousand people. You have different states that are saying, just go with it, just depending on where you are, because there's still some states as of this recording, like West Virginia, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, Montana, some of the Dakota, the Dakotas, I say some of the Dakotas, there's two of them. They don't have at least someone that has been knownly with the coronavirus. So we'll see where all this goes. I think what you hear from other reporters who have been reporting on this too, that it looks like the NBA, I believe today, is having a meeting where they're going to discuss where they want to go with this. Are they going to play in empty arenas? Are they just going to postpone games until, again, this gets under contained? And it's not just sports. You've got Coachella has been postponed, I think, until the fall. You've got South by Southwest down there in Austin, which is a big movies and music and cultural festival that they have down there. That's being That has been postponed as well. So it's not just the sporting world. Everybody is reacting, and I think, you need to have something along these lines. And again, I'm not saying full-out cancel, especially sporting events, because sports are just such a great distraction when it comes to crazy things going on in this country. And some people are saying it's not a big deal. Do I think everybody needs to be concerned about this? Yes, you need to at least have an idea of what's going on. You know, If you're someone who's gargling bleach, I think you're a little too concerned. Also, you're probably dead at this point. But if you're someone who's out there, you know, licking uh, bus benches or something like that, you know, you might want to tone it down just a little bit. So, again, be aware. Again, talk to medical professionals when it comes to this. Social distancing seems to be what's going to fully contain this. And, of course, the big thing is if you do go out, wash your hands. If you think you're going to get sick, just don't go to the game. Don't go to the event. We'll see what happens. I mean, again, Mrs. Shibbles and I, we're both in our 30s. We're both healthy and everything's going well. But again, if if I go out somewhere and contract this and then give it to, say, my parents or my in-laws who are all in their 70s, 
I would feel pretty bad about that when it comes to spreading this because that's who it seems to damage. So again, be smart when it comes to all of it. Pay attention again to the CDC website, the WHO website. If you're going to be traveling internationally, see what's going on. Check for updates. Again, if you feel symptoms, check again because there's comparisons. There's charts out there that compare what you got. If you have the flu, if you have the cold, if you have the coronavirus, check those all out. Get tested if you need to. Wash your hands. And again, for at least 20 seconds. There's plenty of songs. It's one of the fun things I've seen out there with all of this is the fact that People have put, because the thing is, with washing your hands for 20 seconds, they say it's enough to sing happy birthday to you twice. That's going to get a little tedious and repetitive. So people have listed other songs that have a refrain that's 20 seconds long. Toto from um, by uh, with Africa it was one of the ones that came up. I did the timing, by the way, for my fellow Tennessee fans. Rocky Top takes about 30 seconds to sing the first verse plus the refrain. So sing that. That'll get your hands even more clean than they probably need to be. So just check on that. But again, be careful out there. I think we're headed towards some of these events being played in empty arenas is what it looks like. Or we're going to postpone it. But again, all those news updates. And if anything breaks, of course, we will talk about it on the Modern Day Gladiators Facebook page. And of course, on Instagram, I'll post updates there. And also... Yes, you can, of course, follow me personally on Twitter at Michael underscore Shibley, but we have something just for sports and pro wrestling as well of all the links to all the podcast stuff, and that's now at the new Twitter of uh, Day Gladiators. It's the Modern Day Gladiators Twitter page. You can check the handle at Day Gladiators, so check us out there. Give us a follow. We just started it yesterday, so we're going to post all the other updates of just sports and wrestling there as well. So please check it out there. I would love you forever if you do. And of course, when you listen, give us those five-star reviews wherever you listen. Here on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on the outlandermedia.net where we've got a great media player and you can listen to everything else here on Outlander Media. We've got Deadbeat Radio, Geeks Inherited to the Earth, Scared Stupid, DLC Respawn, and of course, Haffle and those crazy guys. I got to think, of course, Lance Adams and Michael Doherty, two of the other guys from the Outlander Media family who were our guests last week talking a lot of pro wrestling there. So again, thank you guys for all of that. And of course, Tune in and listen and give us those five-star reviews so I can love you forever. Moving on, of course, one of the big things they've talked about as well with the NCAA tournament, are they going to play these in empty arenas? Are they going to... I don't think they're going to postpone it. There might be empty arenas. We'll see where that all goes, which of course could ruin kind of that home court advantage depending on the teams. But March Madness has begun. You've got the conference tournaments going on. Man, I will forever love the conference tournaments. I just love these. They call them like the mini dance the little dance. I love it. You see where these all go. We just had a couple more champions crowned. You've got Northern Kentucky. You've got Gonzaga. They're all officially now in the tournament. Robert Morris is in there as well. So a lot of these great teams that their only one shot to get to the tournament is to win the big dance. You look at some of the other things that are happening. I mean, Tennessee, who laid an egg against Auburn at home with a chance again. They beat Kentucky and then if they'd beaten Auburn, they were going to be back at least in the bubble conversation, especially if they were able to make a run in the conference tournament. Now it looks like the only way for my beloved Tennessee Vols on the men's side to get in is if they win their conference tournament. Meanwhile, the Lady Vols, 
I think they're in the tournament. They didn't do great in the SEC tournament. They beat Missouri, took a little while to get going, but they did beat Missouri and then laid an egg to the Lady Wildcats of Kentucky. They're not doing great. I think they're squarely on the bubble. I think they're going to get in and keep the streak of being in every NCAA tournament alive. So you have that. But again, tough to see kind of where all of this is going to end up, at least with the Vols and Lady Vols. The Lady Vols are in. The men, they are the 8 seed in the SEC tournament. They're playing the 9 seed Alabama at 1 o'clock tomorrow, Eastern Time. It's on the SEC Network. If they win, they will play Kentucky. I still think they're going to have to win this whole tournament to get in at uh, this point. So we'll see what happens. Another team that might have the best chance of being a team that has a crazy run is going to be North Carolina. You look at the ACC. Heck, we can just pick what I've got right now. You look at the ACC. I'm going to go with Duke. I'm going to go, again, with the most experienced coach. This group, Florida State, might be the better team overall. But you talk about someone who knows how to win tournaments. It's Mike Krzyzewski and Duke. Nobody's just doing backflips and wowing anybody in the ACC this season. But wouldn't it be crazy if North Carolina won the whole thing? They came in dead last in the ACC this year in conference play. They won their first game yesterday against Virginia Tech. But maybe they're going to come from out of nowhere and win, and then they're in the NCAA tournament, which would be big. They've got talented kids. It's just something just went wrong with Roy Williams' squad this year, but they could all make it go away if they somehow pull a miracle and win their tournament. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to go with Duke getting the win in that one. Meanwhile, you look at the American Athletic Conference. I've got Cincinnati winning that one, the number one seed. They beat Tennessee, so... Why not go with them when it comes to the AAC? Wichita State, I think, has an outside chance because Greg Marshall knows how to get his team up and ready to compete. Hey, he got Wichita State to a Final Four, for crying out loud. I think he could make a run there as well. Meanwhile, you look at some of the other major conferences. You got Kansas, Azabuke, just an amazing player. Kansas is definitely the unanimous number one right now. I think they're the best team. Yeah, Baylor could give them some, but Baylor's come on some hard times the last, I think they've lost three out of their last four games, which has not been good for the Baylor Bears. You look in the Big East, yeah, you've got Creighton, who is the number one seed, but man, Providence has done well. Yeah, they're coming from kind of outside the regular group that's been ranked all season long there in the Big East. But Providence, they're a hot team right now. Also, of course, Villanova, Jay Wright and the Villanova Wildcats, they know how to win this thing as well. But I do, I'm going with Providence just on an outside pick. You got to make at least one crazy pick every once in a while. I'm going to go with them to win the Big East tournament. You've got the Big Ten. Who knows? The Big Ten has beaten themselves up so much over the Oh, just over the regular season. I'm going to go with Michigan State. It looks like they finally righted the ship. Of course, you can't count out Maryland and Wisconsin and all the other teams that seems like shared uh, the Big Ten title. But I'm going to go with Michigan State and Tom Izzo and Cassius Winston, of course, just one of the best players in college basketball. The Pac-12, it's amazing. We haven't talked about UCLA much at all, but UCLA is getting hot at the right time. Yeah, they lost at the buzzer to rival USC to cost them at least a share of the Pac-12 championship, but I think they're playing really good basketball right now. I've got UCLA winning that out in the Pac-12. As for the SEC, when in doubt, 
And who knows, sometimes with the way these shake out, I'm going to go with Kentucky. I do think Tennessee beats Alabama, but I just think Kentucky, especially after what happened in Rupp Arena just last week, I just don't see uh, Kentucky falling to the Vols twice like that, especially in a season like this. We'll see where it goes, and who knows? And we'll talk about this more when it comes to when they actually have the brackets announced for the full NCAA tournament. We'll, of course, have an Outlander Media and Modern Day Gladiators bracket pool that I'll set up, and you guys can all join, and I can brag about beating your brains in, which I will happily do. But you look at this, who knows the way... The records have gone with these teams. Any team, if you get seeded from 3 to 10, you should just be happy to be in the tournament, really. I mean, who knows what seeds are right. I mean, you look at some of these teams. Yeah, you've got Kansas, Gonzaga, and Dayton, probably. I've got them as three of my number one seeds. And then if Baylor can somehow win the Pac-12 or the Big 12 tournament, maybe them. San Diego State faltered. Here at the end, they didn't win their conference tournament. Utah State won that, so I just don't have that. Maybe Florida State. If Florida State wins the ACC tournament, I've got them as my other number one seed. But then you look at some of the other blue blood teams out there. There's a lot of teams with a lot of losses in the top 25. I mean, Kentucky's got six. Michigan State has nine losses. Duke has six Villanova, Maryland, Oregon, BYU, they all have seven losses. So there's not a lot of just teams that are just going to be consistent winners so far this season, especially with the competition. We'll see where it all ends up. But I love March Madness. Cannot wait for this tournament to go. And who's going to be cutting down the nets at the end? We'll have to wait and see. And you're going to have to wait and see just a little bit longer. We're going to take a quick break, but we're back with some cool little stories in Shibbles and Bits right after this. You're listening to Modern Day Gladiators on the Outlander Media Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages here to Modern Day Gladiators. Again, Michael Shibley, still with you here, still freshly washed hands. We're good here in the Outlander studios, so let's let's keep going. We hear the music, you know it's time for Shibbles and Bits, but first, before we even dive into that, we gotta thank our sponsors. We gotta thank Joe Shirt and Otherworldly Coffee. Both have just been amazing. We love them here at Outlander Media. Joe Shirt, of course, has been doing business here in Knoxville for over 30 years. They're local. They know the market. They can help you. They can help you worldwide too, though. You go to JoeShirt.com, check them out, talk to them. You got an idea to expand your brand, whatever that may be, whether it be stand-up comedy, dodgeball team, softball team, family reunion anything a a podcast company who knows they can help you get your idea out there also they've got joe shirt deluxe where they put stuff on banners and pens and coffee mugs whatever you think of to help expand your brand go to joeshirt.com they can help you out there as well as otherworldly coffee we got to thank them as always providing liquid cocaine for the gentlemen here and the ladies as well on the outlander media family it's awesome 
it gets them going. Otherworldlycoffee.com. Check out the Bigfoot blend. Check out the Mothman blend. Check them all out. You're going to get 20% off your order if you use the code OUTLANDER in all caps. You're going to get a discount there, and they will send it wherever you need. It's going to be great. I sent some again, as I say many times. Send it to my sister and brother-in-law uh, for Christmas. So hopefully they got it, and they said they loved it. I don't even, why am I even saying hopeful? They, I know they got it, and they love it. So it's amazing. And again, thank them, otherworldlycoffee.com. Check them out there. Let's dive in to shibbles and bits. Uh, continuing kind of what's going on with March Madness, Nebraska, they had to work on expanding uh, their basketball team. Uh, just to have the depleted roster that they've got. Uh, Nebraska added two football players to their undermanned basketball team for the Big Ten tournament. Of course, Nebraska is the number 14 seed out of the Big Ten, which means dead last. So they're both players, uh, quarterback Noah uh, Vedral and offensive tackle Brenton Banks. They are in uh, against Nebraska's uh, opener in the Big Ten tournament against number 11 seed Indiana. I've got Indiana winning this game easily, but hey, we'll have to see what happens there. According to the school, uh, uh, Vidral was a four-year basketball player at Bishop Newman High School in Wahoo, Nebraska, leading it to three C1 state titles. It's the third largest division in the state. Banks also uh, according to the school, averaged 11.5 points, 7.6 rebounds per game as a junior at West Westbury Christian uh, High School in Houston. He didn't play basketball as a senior after enrolling in Nebraska early to participate in spring practice, all that stuff. Nebraska, the reason they're doing this is because they only have seven scholarship basketball players after it suspended guards uh, DeCon Burke Jr. and Cam Mack indefinitely last week. So uh, going with the undermanned squad, hey, you need to do it at least to get through this one more game. Uh, and it's crazy to think that you got to dive into your football team to get your basketball ranks up. So not looking good there for Big Red Nation, at least on the hardwood. Meanwhile, moving on to the soccer pitch. This was a really interesting story and shows, again, old people can still be kicking it, literally. A 74-year-old grandfather became the oldest footballer in the world to score a goal in an official match when he netted on his debut for an Egyptian third-tier side. Because, again, remember, they've got tiers of their league, so this was very low on the Egyptian side, but it's still in the Egyptian Soccer Federation or Football Federation. So, Edzelin uh, Badir was uh, seeking rec recognition as the old oldest professional footballer and he can meet with the Guinness World Records criteria of playing two official full-length matches when the club take the field on March 21st in their next Group 5 fixture. Uh, the record is currently held by Israeli goalkeeper Isaac Hayek, who represented uh, Israeli side in April 2019 at 73, although this achievement would be eclipsed by Bahadur, who was born November 3rd, 1945, so he was just a little bit older. He's been playing football in the streets of Castro as a six-year-old. That's when he started. He scored a penalty for his team this past weekend as he captained the new club to a 1-1 draw. So, great for him. He achieved match fitness by working with a personal trainer. And hey, it shows again, old people can still be kicking it. 
literally. So congratulations to him. Hope he breaks the record. Good on you getting out there at 74 and competing. The big story here as we wrap up shibbles and bits portion of the podcast, wanted to talk about this. This story broke uh, over the past couple of weeks, but again, just with talking last week with the, uh, the big wrestling show, I didn't add it in to that one, but I wanted to add this in because it's a big one. You've got lawmakers, and again, I know they're busy right now, of course, dealing with stuff with the coronavirus, but one of the things some lawmakers have been pushing is they want Kurt Flood in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, Kurt Flood was a, a baseball player for the Cardinals and everything, but the big thing for him was his lawsuit back in the day, back in 1969, helped open up free agency. So it's one of these things where it got baseball players paid more money and be able to be the one to say, hey, I think I'm worth this much. I'm going to go somewhere where they're going to be able to pay me. So Kurt Flood's widow has just helped. And again, um, it, it's just a big thing. Members of Congress, they sent a met letter to the Hall of Fame on Thursday asking that Flood be elected in December. Uh, the next Golden Days Committee, which is just kind of their, hey, these people, their contributions should be recognized. It would coincide with the 50-year anniversary of Flood's defiant letter to baseball commissioner Bowie Kuhn in which he wrote, I do not feel that I am a piece of property to be bought and sold irrespective of my wishes. Uh, what Kurt Flood did and championed is resonating throughout the professional sports for the last 50 years. Uh, Representative David Trone, a Maryland Democrat who has helped leading the push, uh, said at a news conference. So Kurt Flood, he was 31 when he sent that letter on December 24, 1969. He had spent most of the past decade as the starting center fielder for the St. Louis Cardinals. And great, he won gold gloves. He was a three-time All-Star. Again, seven gold gloves. Helped lead the Cardinals to three National League pennants, two World Series titles. Um, but see, after the 1969 season, Flood asked the Cardinals for a pay raise. Instead, they traded him to the Philadelphia Phillies. Under baseball's reserve clause, uh, players were fully under control of their teams. So again, you did not have these contract negotiations that you look at not only in baseball, but all professional sports, especially here in the United States. Flood refused the trade, and with the backing of the Players' Union, filed a federal lawsuit in January 1970 challenging the reserve clause. The Supreme Court ruled against him in a 5-3 to three decision in 1972, but the justices agreed Flood's arguments had merit, and that's where it goes. So, yeah, they ruled against him there, but they still said it had merit. They said they could not intervene because it was up to Congress to alter the antitrust exemption created in 1922, when the Supreme Court ruled baseball was not an interstate commerce. The union kept fighting, and the reserve clause was struck down December 1975 by arbitrator Peter Seitz, in a case involving pitchers Andy Messersmith and Dave McNally. And that following July, owners and the union agreed to a labor contract that included free agency, which brings all of this up. And again, it allowed a lot more money to get 
out there for the players. I mean, you look, I mean, the best, of course, example that everybody is familiar with is in the movie Eight Men Out, where the, the Black Sox scandal, where the players for the Chicago White Sox, including most notably, and everybody at least believes, Shoeless Joe Jackson, took money from gamblers because, again, they were not getting paid enough money to, they just thought they were worth more, and then they were just not getting paid by Comiskey. Flood's efforts, they essentially ended his career when you look at it. He was pretty much blackballed. He played only 13 more games in the majors after that letter. He had you know, a little over 1,800 hits, a 293 batting average, and he had great defensive prowess. So, of course, the numbers alone probably not going to get you in the Hall of Fame, but that contribution, is it, it's obviously nowhere near the same contribution as, say, Jackie Robinson obviously breaking the color barrier, but it still carries a lot of weight, especially when it comes to the modern-day pricing of what we're looking at. I mean, look at just what... You know, guys like Bryce Harper are getting paid, and even Lindor for the Cleveland Indians, thinking when he's a free agent, he's going to be worth $400 million in some sort of contract. So, guys are able to ask for this much money and think they're worth that much thanks to Kurt Flood. Flood battled alcoholism before rebuilding his life with the help of Pace Flood, who was an actress in Peyton Place and Cotton Comes to Harlem, broke down barriers for black women in Hollywood. The couple dated in the 60s, married in 1986. Flood died of throat cancer uh, when he was 59 back in 1997. But even pitcher Garrett Cole mentioned Flood when he signed his $324 million contract with the New York Yankees in December, saying... It's so important that players know the other sacrifices that players made in order to keep the integrity of the game where it is. So we'll see where this all ends up. I think he should be in there definitely as a contributor to the game when it comes to things like that. I'm backing all of this. He should be in, at least in that way. And again, you see that his career was cut short for challenging the system, which happens to a lot of players when they challenge, say, the status quo and might not be able to get everything that they are wanting. That's going to wrap up shibbles and bits, but let's move quickly to wrestling. We already talked about New Japan having to cancel the New Japan Cup and all the events that were taking place in March because of the coronavirus. We'll see with the WWE. There are rumors that they're having a meeting today or tomorrow as of this recording to talk about what they're going to do with WrestleMania 36, which is happening in Tampa, where there are outbreak of coronavirus down there. I mean, you're going to have 60,000, 70,000 people there at the Buccaneers Stadium, all from around the world. It's not just a regional or local gathering of people that come to games, like sometimes you look at the NCAA tournament and some of these other professional sporting events. People come from all around the world to Tampa or wherever WrestleMania is being held to watch professional wrestling. So we'll see where that ends up. I don't see, for the life of me, Vince McMahon canceling or even postponing WrestleMania. That's just my gut feeling. We'll see what happens. We'll talk about that, if any news changes, obviously here on Modern Day Gladiators. Another thing with the WWE, former New England Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski is close to finalizing a deal with the WWE. It doesn't say if he's going to be a full-time wrestler. He has said previously he doesn't think he wants to do wrestling full-time. He's only 30 years old, and he's been involved with the WWE before. He took part in the Andre the 
the giant battle royal back at WrestleMania 33. He jumped the barricade because uh, to help his friend Mojo Rawley win the match and all that stuff. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, I mean, Ronda Rousey did great for herself, I thought, in the WWE. We'll see if she wants to come back at some point, but I thought that was pretty damn awesome. We'll see. Hey, it's a good thing. I think sometimes with some of these athletes, they've got the training, they've got the body type. It's not, again, the same type of strain, obviously, you're putting on the body that it would be, say, going with uh, professional football. You're not getting all the head injuries. You still might get some concussions. That has happened. We've seen it. But it's not the same... And again, if he wants to just do it kind of part-time and pop in, especially SummerSlam is happening in Boston, that could be a great place to have it. We'll see. Um, And, hey, I'm all for it. If he wants to do it and help the WWE and help do business, why not? Go right ahead. I'm all for it. He would, I think, be perfect in the WWE. Meanwhile, the WWE had their Elimination Chamber, which was an event that happened. Nothing world moving i mean the main event was the women's elimination chamber to determine the number one contender for becky lynch's title Shayna baszler was in it which that was the biggest just foregone conclusion you've had in so long uh she just bulldozed through the competition once she got in there including choking out oscar at the end uh of course the former nxt and smackdown women's champion oscar who I hold in very high regard. So it looks like Shayna Baszler's on her way there. Nothing else really of note. The Undertaker showed up and interfered in AJ Styles' match. So it looks like AJ Styles is going to take on The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Other than that, you didn't have Brock Lesnar or Goldberg. You know, your two champions weren't involved in anything there as well. Becky Lynch wasn't there. Just, again... Not a whole lot going on, really. They had the event. They had to do something. I hate the Elimination Chamber. I don't like these gimmick pay-per-views. I don't like Elimination Chamber, Hell in the Cell, or TLC. These matches should happen naturally. They shouldn't just happen because of a date on the calendar. Honestly, my big thing would be, if you're going to have something to do with wrestling between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania... Honestly, just have the women's pay-per-view right there. And that's where I think it would be great to have, say, the women's Royal Rumble. So it's not with the men's one, just because then the pay-per-view just takes so long. Just kind of divide it up. I think that would be awesome. And I think it would totally reek of awesomeness to do something like that. But now we're finally on the road to WrestleMania. We'll see if they're going to have it. We talked about that earlier. So stay tuned here to Modern Day Gladiators for all your updates there. One last note of professional wrestling news, Rush Wrestling. We mentioned it last week on the show. It's what Outlander Media is working with Rush Wrestling, our premier show happening at the Clinton National Guard Armory in Clinton, Tennessee. You still can get tickets if you're here locally in the area. Come. We've got five awesome matches. You can check out the Rush Wrestling Facebook page for more, but we've got guys like Crazy Steve, JDL, Menace, and more coming so check it out we're gonna if you can't see it we're gonna air it it looks like on the local cbs affiliate here in knoxville and it's coming to everybody else worldwide if you're part of amazon prime it's going to be on the amazon prime streaming service so check all of that out we'll have more information as it becomes available i'm doing your play-by-play commentary so i am pumped for all of this so stay tuned i'm excited it's going to be great again like us wherever you Check out your social media. Just search Modern Day Gladiators. You can find us there. 
And as well, give us those five-star reviews. I will love you forever. And again, as always, I do love you. Too sweet. See you next time.